0: All right, welcome back everybody. This is episode five of Garage Takes. We're going to recap week one of the NFL football season, get into some Lions, recap Michigan State, and Michigan wins last week, and then wrap up with Brant's best bets as always. So Brant, welcome. First of all, how are you?
1: Doing real good, Dave. Doing real good. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great, man. It was nice to have a fully loaded weekend of football all weekend long. So that was that was great.
1: Yeah, it was real nice to have all of that back.
0: Yes, sir. So let, let's get right into it. The Detroit Lions restoring the roar to the city of Detroit in true Lions fashion, go down by like a gazillion touchdowns and, you know, Ford Field pretty much, you know, empties at that point. And then, uh-oh, here comes Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions ready to bite some kneecaps off. Um. What did you think man? What were your takeaways from that game? Obviously the Lions lose. They come up short in a pretty exciting comeback, you know. However you feel about it. I know I'm being a little facetious with what I'm saying. Um but they did make a nice little run there at the end. What did you learn about this team? What were your takeaways?
1: Uh Matt Stafford never left. That was the first thought that crossed my mind was, "Oh my gosh, this is literally the same old Lions."
0: <laughs> yes. So, yes. Uh, SOL.
1: Yeah, SOL. Um but, no, Jerry Goff looked pretty good. I – you know, in the second half he got out there, he looked comfortable. He was slinging it. Um, I liked what I saw from Jamal Williams. Um, I wasn't overly in love with, obviously, what you saw in the defensive end. I think everybody has kind of said it's going to be a long year on that defensive side of the ball. So, uh, San Francisco kind of did what they wanted. Um, you know, Trey Lance, first throw. First throw of his career, touchdown. <laughs> Right. Who else would that happen against?
0: A legend in the making.
1: Yeah, who else would that happen against? Just the Lions, man. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but other than that, I, I, I thought that they threw the ball pretty well. Nothing from the run game that was like, oh my gosh, this offensive line is road grading people. Nothing like that. Uh, but through the air, I thought it was good. Um, I think they have some things to build on. I, I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be the future or not. I don't think anybody knows that question yet or the answer to that question yet, but he certainly had made a case for himself week one. And I'm interested to see how it works going forward. Uh, What'd you see out there, Dave?
0: Well, there were some things that I did like the, first of all, I mean, you had Taylor Decker go down with an injury to his finger last minute and which moved Penny Sewell to left tackle. And, you know, he did a hell of a job. He, he did very, very well against Bosa and he held his own, opened up some holes in the running game. And, you know, I think that's one thing to keep an eye on moving forward is when Decker does return, you know, does Sewell stay at left tackle? Or, you know, you even had both after the game say how good that kid was and and said like, yeah, that that's his position. He, he played it really well. And so it's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on that. And so then do you move him back to right tackle where he struggled in the preseason? We know it's a position change for him. Um, you've also got then Taylor Decker, what do you do? Can he play right tackle or is he, he's got to stay at that left tackle position. And if so, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the bottom line is you want talent on that offensive line uh, and you've got to find a way to, to make that work. And that's Dan Campbell's job. And the, uh, the assistant coach, the position coaches to figure out how to make this work with the talent that you have on the roster. But I liked what I saw out of him, you know, number seven, overall pick. I thought he lived up to it, lived up to it, especially after struggling in the, in the preseason uh, I, I liked what I saw too, out of Swift and Jamal Williams thought that they were really nice one, two combo. They kind of both bring something a little bit different, but they both looked electric out there and they got comfortable as the, as the game kind of went on and they, they definitely had me excited. Um, and I think that that will be hopefully a, a strength of this team, but it's only going to be a strength if you can throw the football um, and you can't become one dimensional. And like you said, I think Jared Goff did look good. You know, of course, uh, box score, he looked good in terms of, you know, throwing north of 300 yards and some TDs. Um, I don't think he looked great to me. He he looked like Jared Goff, right? He, I don't think yeah. it was some huge drop off from Matthew Stafford. You know, you, you go down big in the first half and come back and almost have a miraculous win at the end. If that doesn't have Matthew Stafford's tenure written all over it, I don't know what does. Um, so, you know, I think there's some promising things uh, on the offensive side of the ball, literally no wide receiver in sight besides TJ Hawkinson looked really, really good at at tight end. And I think he's going to be a stud to be quite honest with you on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how do I summarize this? I hated it. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it was really it, bad. <laughs>
0: it, it was, it was pitiful. Um, and, and I think that you just got a glimpse of how bad this defense is really going to be. Um, not that the 49ers are terrible on offense or anything like that. But, but man, they looked, they looked awful um, between getting pressure on the quarterback getting beat in the secondary. You got, you know, Jeff Okuda, your number three, overall pick who <clears throat> cough, cough, you give up Tua and Justin Herbert last year to get uh Jeff Okuda who has looked like literally the worst cornerback in the league. I, I said on the last episode, I wanted to see him take some steps forward. My God, for the snaps he was in there, he he looked really bad. And Debo Samuel just made him look stupid. And then, you know, it goes viral with him getting chewed out by Aubrey Pleasant on the sideline and not a great look. And then he goes down, unfortunately, with a torn Achilles, which, by the way, is not like a torn ACL. That's a significant injury. Um, and, And I think it's something to keep an eye on. My hot take on Jeff Okuda is I think his time is started and ended in the city of Detroit. I'm not saying that he's not going to play next year. I just think that um I, you know what players out there have tore their Achilles come back at that position, you know, after struggling their first year in the league and and then had really decent careers. I don't know if there's too many players that I could think of that bounce back. I, he may be serviceable um, in the league somewhere, but I think his time in Detroit is, is just about up. And I know that it, he literally has played less than what, like 10 games for the team, but, but that's what I think. So yeah, God awful on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, So not to spend too much more time on the lions here, uh, but this week, The Lions have a Monday night football game against the Packers, and that should be a nice, embarrassing show, I'm sure, for the entire country to see. You agree?
1: Yeah, uh, I loved Aaron Rodgers' comment. Somebody asked him, uh, how do you prepare for Dan Campbell's defense? He said, I don't know, I'm just going to wear knee pads.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that, but that sounds like something he would say.
1: I thought that was really funny. Um, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he, he, they, they obviously start on a terrible note. I don't know if it was 38 something there. But the Saints absolutely molly them, and it wasn't close from the beginning really. So um, I think he does a nice job with his team about, you know, the relaxed thing going back to a few years. They're not going to get too high, too low. Um, I expect the same old Packers to come, uh, especially at home, uh, to take care of business against the Lions, and and I'm think I think both of us are looking for what can the offense do to keep us in the game. But overall, that defense is going to be a liability, and I think you're going to see it on Monday night again.
0: Yep, I agree. I think if you've got Devontae Adams on your fantasy team, you're probably in pretty good shape heading into this Monday night game with an annoyed Aaron Rodgers who got benched for Jordan Love. You know, last week he's going to come out and probably throw for. 300 yards into then get benched after throwing like three or four TDs. So yeah, it, I'm guessing that one gets ugly. So let, let's shift here to college football for a second. Um, Michigan state keeps on a rolling. They they took care of business against Youngstown state looked really good in, in doing so. Um, we won't spend a ton, a ton of time on that. Um, I mean, they, they, that was a game that they should have won and they won it. They won it convincingly. And, and I wasn't so sure that they were going to be covering that spread, but, but, man, they, they, they looked really good doing so. And, obviously, they've got a, a pretty special thing brewing there over in, in East Lansing with all these trans, transfers and what Mel Tucker is doing. But this week, you got a big game. Um, you're heading to face the Miami Hurricanes. What do you think about this line? Um, I know we're going to talk about bets here towards the end. But what's your prediction for this game? What do you think is going to happen? So
1: my prediction is I like the Spartans, so that's going to be fed into the Brant's best bets a little later on in the show. Um, But I do like, I do like the Spartans defense in this matchup. I watched most of the App State Miami game. It was on while the Michigan game was on. So I was flipping back and forth. Um, But what I saw from Miami in their first two outings, was Derek King looks okay, doesn't look great. I'm not expecting them to be blowing the top off on this offense. Um, they just look like it almost looked like when we used to watch like Devin Gardner with the Wolverines, and you were like, man, this offense just keeps sputtering. But we have a talented quarterback. Um, it just wasn't going anywhere. So, uh, and that that is against uh, an average App State team. I mean. App State is good for who they play against, but it's not anything like Power Five Conference or anything, and and they were not impressive. So uh, Spartans haven't been impressive in the first two games. I expect their defense to travel down there and play well. Uh, They do enough on offense. They probably time of possession the hell out of the Hurricanes, and uh, they they win that game. And this is what I like, Dave. Uh, I like the fact that they have had that, that hard hat mentality. Like Michigan state has kind of pounded their opponents. It hasn't been this over the top flying offense. It's been punch in the mouth and and take your lunch money kind of offense. And I like it.
0: Yeah. I I think Mm -hmm. that you, my, my key point of this was time of possession. And I think that if state can run the ball well, which they've been doing, and they can control this clock. I think they win a close one um, in in Miami, and and have a chance right now. This is a game you got to have circled on your calendar if you're Mel Tucker, because you come into this, you're two and zero. You won that Week One battle against Northwestern. You looked good doing it. You took care of business last week. This is if you're Mel Tucker and trying to create an identity for this program. I think this would do wonders for recruiting as well to show that you can beat a team like the Miami Hurricanes. Um, who can seem like the more sort of flashy program, if you will? You know, even regardless of how they are year to year, they're the Miami Hurricanes. So you go out and get this win. I think it's going to really put a stake in the ground and kind of show everybody that Michigan State is for real. And I think they're going to do it if, if they can control the if they can control the clock. So um, yeah, we're we're lock and step there with our predictions. So go ahead, you have something to say?
1: Yeah, isn't Miami ranked? I feel like they're like.
0: Yeah, they are. They are. I
1: think they're twenty fourth, maybe.
0: They're right. Yep, in front they are twenty fourth. They're 24th. okay. Yeah,
1: which I guess really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, like you said, for for notoriety, for Mel Tucker putting another top twenty five win in his belt on the road, that that is actually a pretty big game.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So let's shift to, to Michigan football. Quickly recap the. Uh night game, the maze out at the big house against Washington last week. I had a chance to attend that game and soak in that environment, which was honestly a lot of fun. Um, it was just fun to be back in a football stadium and see people excited, and the environment was was really, really solid. So um I had a great time there. And by you know, by the time it was probably the end of the third quarter, I think I was yawning just of all the uh, the running that I had to watch, but uh, obviously, Michigan has developed their identity. They're going to run the football. They're going to punch you in the mat. We know Haskins can run the ball. He's, you know, I've heard the thunder and lightning sort of uh, reference to these two. You've got Haskins as your thunder, as your lightning. Those guys are going to be good. Um, and I, I think that they haven't truly been tested yet um i wasn't thrilled with like washington's d-line or anything i more so wanted to see their secondary which i'll talk about in a second left me with some question marks but i i think that michigan did what they needed to do they went out they won convincingly you know they it wasn't close that game was it, it just wasn't close and so yeah we can we can get mad and harp on different things that they didn't do well. And trust me, I have some things I'm going to talk about in a second, but overall, you know, you got to be happy with the result of that night game and and doing what you should have done. What were your takeaways? Uh,
1: I think I texted you after this game, uh, after the game, Dave, and I said, we are now the army of the Midwest. And it really, (laughs) (laughs) it really feels that way. I mean, if you're having over 50 rushes, um, you're in the ballpark of like an army offense. And so one, one thing for me is you've got to start really spreading it out a little bit and you don't have to do it all the time, but you have to work in some sort of spread offense or three wide, four wide, and, and you're just not seeing it right now. And I know they talked about the Washington cornerbacks, how good they were and how they have NFL, uh, two NFL cornerbacks, whatever on the broadcast. And that, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that you can't work the middle of the field. Um, work some underneath stuff. Get some of these guys some looks. And it just looks like we weren't trying to do that at all. Uh, and nothing from Washington's defense outside of maybe the corners that were shut down because we didn't test them very much, I don't think, was impressive. Like you said, the, the defensive line did not impress. I was not impressed with Washington's defensive line either. And maybe this is the roadmap that we're going to have to watch, Davis. 50 runs a game, 40 runs a game, uh, which is Harbaugh's old offense.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry,
1: Brito, but I think that you're kind of seeing Josh Gattis kind of get pushed to the side. So it definitely makes for interesting storylines. Yep. Uh, what'd you see, Dave?
0: Well, I, I feel like um, <laughs> I, although I was happy, it was a convincing win. There, I have some major question marks. The first is that I want it. You know, I heard about Washington secondary. Knew they were good. Like you said, we didn't really test them, and I'm wondering why. Obviously, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm not saying like the running game was working great, so of course, yeah, sure, you want to run for 350 plus yards, great, go ahead, get your W. Here's my concern. First of all, if I'm let, let's just look at this from a recruiting aspect and what these kids are are used to seeing from teams like the Kansas city chiefs or Alabama or Ohio state like that. I'm talking about like just the top tier dogs in college football, NFL football, and it's electric offense. And I'm not saying that this won't work. I, at least cool. Let's have an identity. If, if that's what we're going to do, we're going to run the ball. Fine. That, that's nice to at least have an identity and know what to expect, whether we agree or disagree with it. But I do question, you know, you've got that five-star quarterback from um, Detroit uh, King high school. Dante Moore, I think his name is, he's there visiting. He's like a 2023 20, kid or something like that. You've got some big name wide receivers there. And if I'm one of those kids, I, I'm questioning like, okay, yeah, this is great. This is fun. The the atmosphere is outstanding. But is this like the future of Michigan football? And is this something that I want to be a part of? Uh, and, and maybe it is. And, and winning, you never have to apologize for a win. And you know, Jim never will. He went out and got the W. For any recruit that was watching there or at home, it it looked good for Michigan. But I do wonder, like, not that you need the sizzle with the offense, but you do have to show that you can throw the ball. And my biggest concern right now is we're two weeks into the season. Cade McNamara threw 11 times in week one. Looked good doing so. Nine of 11, I believe. Then goes into week two throws it 15 times, not good, like 15 throws, but in his defense, he could never get into a rhythm. Um, you, you know, it just, he wasn't set up to be successful. He's thrown the ball 26 times in two weeks. And, and I hate that to be quite honest with you, because right now in these games, you should be getting him comfortable with the offense. You should be getting him reps with these receivers, especially with Ronnie Bell going down. And once again, I see what they were doing. I don't fault them for it. They ran the ball well, but I really wonder. So. You've got NIU this week. You've got Rutgers the following week. If if you're going to run the ball over those teams, which you have a good chance to do, now you're t- telling me that the first time we're potentially going to have to air it out is going to be in Madison against Wisconsin, against a good defense who's probably going to stuff the run more than any team that you face so far this year. So then what? Now you're going to put Cades back against the wall and expect him to make plays and have chemistry with these guys that he hasn't had a chance to develop yet. So. From from that perspective alone, I just hated that they didn't even showcase or give him the ability to make plays. I think Cade McNamara is a fine player. I've said it before, you've said it, uh, but you've got to—he's got to get reps and real game experiences. I thought the night game would have been a perfect time. They were up a couple touchdowns at one point. It's like, all right, let's put the nail in the coffin. Open up this playbook. Let's you know, where's the play action? Play action should be working right now, right? If you are running the ball this well and it's almost expected that you're going to run it, where's the play action? Where are you opening up the field? Where's the speed and space? From that aspect, I, I just hated it. And I I do have some big question marks as we as we move forward. So um, do you have any other takes on, on Michigan football or any responses to anything I just said? Yeah,
1: just uh, one of the low key things that I saw in the game was, did you, you probably didn't get to see it because you were there live, but like they kept showing Josh Gaddis rubbing his forehead in the, um, in the press box. And it was just like, <laughs> man, you can tell that there is some animosity between those two right now. I can just, you can just feel it. Um, so I'll be interested to see like what the Northern Illinois uh, game plan looks like. And uh I'm, I'm just interested to see the passing game, really. Like I, like you said, we've seen enough from the rushing offense. We know what's going to be there. Let's move into some of the passing game now.
0: Exactly. So, <laughs> so let's talk to you for a second. Um, they've got Michigan. I think the line is at 27 and a half points. Northern Illinois comes to town. Do you, I, and, and maybe this will, maybe we can kind of segue this into the bets, actually, because I know that you have this one as one of the games you wanted to talk about. So I'll lead it off and then I'll let you finish this off with the rest of your bets. So NIU comes to town. I think we both talked about what we wanted to see. Hopefully we can see a little bit more of this passing offense and have some balance to the offense, um, but still continue to you know show your dominance in the run game by all means. But 27 and a half. Where, where are you at with with that line? You think they cover it?
1: My original gut reaction was, no way in hell are these guys going to beat be anybody by 28 points. <laughs> that's not like an FCS school or something like that. Um, but the more I look at it and what I saw from NIU last week, Wyoming was – Wyoming ran all over them, and that's something that Michigan's going to want to do. I think they do cover it, oddly enough. I, I was originally against it, but I'm going to say – Michigan wins by four, maybe five touchdowns even. I I don't know. I think 27 and a half Vegas obviously knows what they're doing here. (laughs) Um, And they're rarely on, you know, the losing side, whatever. Um, I feel like the the 28 points is gettable from Michigan. And I think they do it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I agree, actually. I think that it's good. That line is set really well. I think that they do cover it. I think hopefully – it's more than just a, a bunch of rushing touchdowns, but um, you know, Rocky Lombardi is no stud. Um, I, I think that he's, he's serviceable obviously for what that program needs. Maybe, you know, he's getting some guys fired up to, to play Michigan, you know, he just beat them last year. So um, there's, there's that element, but yeah, I, I think that Michigan will be in its element back in the big house fans will be, the, you know, They'll they'll be a top-notch, excited to see this team 2-0 and coming into this game. I think it, that line is set really well, but I do think that they cover. So what what else you got for me besides Michigan?
1: All right, I'll just move into... I We never got yours on Michigan State. We know that I think that they're going to uh, hit the spread. And then I think that now's the time to play on the money line on Michigan State. I don't think Vegas has caught up to how good the Spartans actually are. So now's the time to... If you want to try to put the money on the spread, and then you can also hit the money line, at the end of the day, you'll end up breaking even if they don't win the game, but it's close. Um, so now's the time to double up your money, hit the spread, hit the money line, do separate bets if you want. But I, I got the Spartans just taking care of businesses with
0: them. So Today. I for sure have um, six and a half points. I think they cover it. I would feel comfortable going on the money line too. Um, Not overly confident. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think they for sure cover six and a half.
1: Gotcha. Uh, The big matchup of the weekend for college football, I think, is Bama, Florida. Um, I think the Crimson Tide are traveling to the swamp. So 14 and a half, another big number for Alabama to have to cover. They seem to do it in their sleep though. Um, Dave, I have Florida actually – hitting that 14 and a half number and keeping it close enough, um, doing enough to, to get you, a, I don't know, I could see a 10 point, even a 14 point loss here, but it's so tough to win in the swamp. Now um, it used to not be that way, like through the mid, mid 2010s, whatever. Um, but now they, they seem to, to have a, a, a capable offense or defense is good. Um, They're going to challenge Alabama, and Alabama still has a young quarterback. He's he's damn good, but he's still young, hostile environment. I like the 14 and a half with the Gators.
0: Yeah, I have Florida covering as well. I think they have a little interesting QB battle going on. I'm curious to see between those two guys. Um, Yeah, Richardson and Jones. Um, Richardson looked obviously pretty good. I I think that the Swamp is – for that aspect alone, 14 and a half, I, I will take Florida. I do think that Alabama, if I had to like bet on a number though, I, I think Alabama wins by 14. I think it's almost like identical onto that spread, but I do not think that they will cover 14 and a half. So
1: yeah. Quickly before we go into the NFL segment, isn't it crazy? Uh, because sports betting is not legal in Michigan and Dave and I are learning just how good Vegas is and just how, on point they actually are it's just crazy that some of these some of these games are like oh my gosh they they knew it right on the number and so it's it's one of the things that if you are going to sports bet just be careful don't do anything crazy don't don't start throwing money out the window but if you see something that you can catch your like like i said with michigan state i don't think that vegas has caught up with how good the spartans are yet and that's the type of stuff that you actually make money um and last weekend i went six for seven but don't think that that's going to happen every single week because I'm not naive enough to believe that I can go six for seven each and every week. But if you're going to have a hot week, you might as well cash in on it, man.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You've been pretty you've been pretty good with the with these bets so far. So I might actually have to log into my Fanduel and and <laughs> take you up on some of these this week. So yeah, let's uh let's shift into NFL. All
1: right, so we got the Cowboys Chargers. Um, this is actually one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. I think anyway, I mean, Dave and I are both Cowboys fans, but, but still, I think this is a good matchup. Uh, Dallas grabbing three and a half. What do you like?
0: I got Dallas on the money line. I think they're a better team than the, yeah, than the chargers. I'm concerned with getting an update yesterday that, you know, Demarcus Lawrence goes down with a broken foot. Now you've got Lyle Collins out. I believe Randy Gregory is, is also out the injuries are already piling up um, and that concerns me as a Cowboys fan. Like it's just more, I'm, I'm already concerned about that. And I don't think our D line is stacked enough depth wise to, uh, <laughs> to, to be ready to put pressure on Justin Herbert. With all that being said though, I, I feel like this game could be a shootout. And I think that the Cowboys go and they, and they win this game. And I think Dak, continues to look like the Dak we saw last week against a very good Tampa Bay offense. And and I think the the biggest player you're going to see with a bounce back this week is going to be Zeke Elliott. Um, and I and I know that you you've got Bosa on the line and and I think they'll get some pressure on on Dak for sure. Um, but I, I think that Zeke bounces back big. Those wide receivers are good, even without Gallup. And I think the Cowboys win this game. What do you got?
1: Uh, give me the Chargers. I like them to cover the three and a half. Get
0: off my uh, podcast. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, man. It's just, I, I really look at both of the rosters. And like you said, I mean, you, you made the case against the Cowboys, actually. I did. Dak so, um, can only do so much. I mean, that guy is yelling at people on the sidelines. He's getting people jacked up. He did everything he could to win in Tampa, which, which can kind of like persuade you to think that they can do it again against the chargers at home, whatever. But I think deck played nearly what a perfect game would be for him in Tampa Bay. And I don't think he can do it again without a lot of people stepping up. So until these people step up, I don't believe in them. So give me the cowboy or give me the chargers uh, covering them three and a half. Uh, we got, Chiefs-Ravens, Baltimore getting three and a half. What do you like here, Dave?
0: Yeah, I think that this game is in Baltimore, and for whatever reason, you know, you've got the meltdown they had last week. They lose to the Raiders. Um, The the Ravens-Chiefs seems to always be a really good matchup, and I think that the Ravens do cover that spread at home. Don't have too much meat and potatoes for you on that one, besides just my gut feeling thinking that it's going to be a really good game. And I think you're going to see, you know, Patrick Mahomes on showcase and I think Lamar as well. You know, he didn't really connect with Mark Andrews at all last week, killed me in one of my fantasy leagues. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I, I think that they, they find their niche a little bit um, this week and they've got to find a, you know, they, they've got to find some running back from like high school football or something to come in and play on that yeah. team. So. I like
1: Baltimore here. Um, and one of the reasons is the Chiefs have got to stop playing with fire. I talked about it last week with um, somebody else. I can't remember who I was talking about, but it's going to eventually catch up with you. And it should have caught up with them against the Browns. If they were on the road, there's no way in hell they win that game, in my opinion. So yeah. um, they they seem to have this lackadaisical uh, way about them in the first half of games where they're not really trying. I don't know if it's not really trying, but – maybe not motivated something, but Baltimore is a lot better on defense than people give them credit for. I know that, the, but the Raiders offense actually performed pretty well. So um, I don't think that was indicative of how good the Ravens defense actually is. Um, I'm expecting that the Ravens take care of business against the chiefs. And and I think that's kind of a wake up call for Pat Mahomes and the, and the, and the chiefs this weekend. Uh, right. why so, I, so far, uh, by the way,
0: we are through five picks and, we are on the same, right? On all of them except for the Cowboys game, I believe. Wow. The
1: Cowboys breaking us up.
0: Breaking <laughs> us up. Brought us together and break us up. All right. So the, the last one here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I got Lions and Packers. I got, and the, Pack. I got the Lions and Packers. Uh, Detroit getting 11 and a half. We talked about this before. Uh, my God, are these spreads in the NFL tough with when they get this big for, for teams to cover? So what do you got, Dave?
0: Yeah, I think that the Lions for sure get blown out. I, I don't think it's close. I, I Well, I, I mean, it may be a, a couple of touchdowns, which is a lot in the NFL. Um, And I, I think that Aaron does Aaron-like things. Packers roll in this one. You know, maybe Jamal Williams gets a little revenge on the pack, gets a touchdown or something. But, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Packers to cover 11 and a half.
1: I'm right with you. I don't think it's going to be it, – it's not going to be 10. It's going to be 14 to 17 to 21 points.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's, it's a Monday night game. Rodgers gets these guys rallied around, and they, they take care of business. All right. Ready for that lock of the week? Da-na-na,
0: da-na-na. <laughs> yes, I sure am.
1: So let's, uh, let's talk about Colorado, Minnesota um, this weekend. Minnesota has struggled mightily. Um, they obviously were looking good against Ohio State until their best player went down. Um, And with him going down, they just haven't been the same team. They got out to a lead against Miami of Ohio, and Miami of Ohio is not very good, and they came back, and they almost won that game, actually. Uh, Colorado's took Texas A&M right down to the wire, the number seven ranked team in the nation, and I was on them last week on the spread. It was like a a 17-and-a-half point spread, and I nailed it. Um, So give me Colorado on the money line. Give me the spread, whatever. Uh, there are two and a half point favorites. Um, I know you may not know a ton about this day, but what did you think about the lock?
0: Yeah, I don't have too much to, to say on it besides, um, I, I I'll probably follow your lead on this pick to be quite honest <laughs> with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's in Colorado, the elevation plays a factor. Um, they're, they're just a good football, t- good, solid football team, especially at home. So I think they take care of that. If you want to make some money this weekend, I would throw it on Colorado. Uh, okay. Least,
0: so. All right, there you go. There's a lock of the week. brandt has been doing pretty well with those bets. So um, although we don't promise anything, might want to yeah. take a peek at a couple of these, maybe throw in a two or three game parlay. Get yourself a, a nice little payday or get your wife very upset at you. One of the two. So um I, I just don't I'm, let her know.
1: That's right. The key. <laughs>
0: right. There's your marital advice from Brant. Yes. Just don't let her know. Um I, is bliss. Right. I, I on, on that note, um, that is episode five wrapped up. Uh, enjoy another great weekend of football we will be back next week talking all things lions talking all things michigan football michigan state and also talking to nfl and just college football in general so thanks have a great week see you Dave.